The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April J. Ford. Welcome to You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm your host, April J. Ford. I've invited Sharon Lecter to speak on an interesting topic today, outwitting the devil and creating one big life. But before I bring her on, I wanted to give special shout outs to all of my global listeners out there for You're Not Alone, of course, here in the United States. We've got Canada on the line, Poland, Armenia, United Kingdom, India, Argentina, Romania, Spain, Israel, and all the way through Norway and Russia. Thank you to all my listeners out there um, listening to us globally. So I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during an adversity that they are not alone. Loneliness has been an overriding theme of my life and the challenge I've had to overcome. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. Did you know that there are golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball? I created a formula and four steps on how to create a blueprint to rise above life's challenges. These four steps are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. Now, this blueprint guides you in finding who you are and how to handle these challenges that you're facing. And this is, will show you how to transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. And I really believe on taking a holistic approach on implementing these four steps. So this show will bring on expert guests focused on empowerment. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America. So on with today's show, Sharon Lecter is an entrepreneur, author, philanthropist, and international speaker, licensed CPA, and chartered global management accountant. A lifelong education advocate, she is the founder of CEO Pay Your Family First, a financial education organization. Sharon has combined her expertise as a CPA and an international best-selling author with her unmatched passion for financial literacy and entrepreneurship to really inspire change for individuals and businesses across the globe for over 30 years. Credited as the genius behind the Rich Dad brand, Sharon is currently partnered with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And as a driving force behind these two mega brands, Sharon has demonstrated her entrepreneurial vision and business expertise while empowering audiences with messages of hope and prosperity. Sharon is also the author of the best-selling books, Thinking Grow Rich for Women, 
Outwitting the Devil, Three Feet from Gold, Save Wisely, Spend Happily, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Glad to have you with us today, Sharon. Welcome to You Are Not Alone on Voice America Empowerment. Well, thank you, April. I'm delighted to be with you. That's quite a long intro. Thank you so much. It just tells you how old I am. Oh, no, no, no. I'm so honored to have you. You know, I'm such a big fan of our the legendary and late Napoleon Hill's work and really honored myself that the Napoleon Hill Foundation endorsed my book, You're Not Alone. But to be privileged, you know, what, share with our listeners out there what it was like when you got that phone call to author the manuscript Napoleon Hill wrote on Outwitting the Devil. What was that like? Well, it was incredibly humbling. Um, the, just the year before, they had called me and asked me to help them reinvigorate the words of Napoleon Hill through the book Three Feet from Gold, which we released in 2009. And the month we were just about ready to publish that book is when Don Creed called me and he said, I have this manuscript that's been hidden away for 73 years, and I'm not quite sure what to do with it. We want your opinion. And he sent it to me, and of course, it was a copy of the original manuscript. It was, of course, 73-year-olds. It was typed on a manual typewriter and had handwritten notes by Napoleon himself on it. And only four or five other people had ever seen it. So number one, it was just just an awesome experience to receive it and start flipping through it. And I actually kind of went over to the ocean where I could be alone to sit and read it. And just a couple of hours' time, it just helped me transform my life. And I said, wow, this needs to get out. Because he wrote it in 1938, right after he released Think and Grow Rich. And he said, you know, I've spent my life writing Think and Grow Rich, researching. It was a 25-year project. And when he released it, he was frustrated because he said, even though people know what they're supposed to do to become successful, they don't do it. They don't do it, right. <laughs> yeah, that might hit home with a few of your listeners and certainly did with me. And right. that's what engaged him to sit down and write Outwitting the Devil. But the title scared his wife, and she forbid it to be published, so it was hidden away until um, in the in like 2008 when it was given to the foundation. So it was just incredible for them to reach out to me to get my my thoughts, and then to be allowed to bring it out was just an incredible honor. Right, I can imagine that feeling. Well, let's explain to our listeners, for those who haven't read it yet, you know, what devil is this book talking about? Because the, like you said, his wife was just scared of the title itself. It's outwitting the devil. I mean, what are we talking about in this book? Oh, absolutely. Well, right at the beginning of the book, he says, you, you, the reader, can decide if you think I'm talking about the real devil or an imaginary devil. It's up to you. Will you derive any benefit from what I share? The whole purpose of the book is to talk to us about that inner voice, that, um, that thing, how we self-sabotage, what, how we hold ourselves back from realizing the success we all deserve. And it talks about the largest reason that that is fear. And there are many different types of fear. And it goes into each one of those types of fear and where it came from. You know, you talk about the fear of poverty, fear of um, death, fear of loss of love. Mm-hmm. And the, a really powerful one, of course, is fear of failure. And the other one is fear of criticism, which I think is huge today. 
And certainly, you know, in, in your work, April, where you talk about loneliness, that that's a, it's also a big level of fear that cripples people feeling lonely and you start closing in on yourself. And this book helps you start analyzing where that fear is. And fear does one of two things. It can paralyze you or motivate you. Right. And this book helps you stop being paralyzed by fear, but see it as an indicator to motivate you to change something so that you can get out of a position of fear and into a position of faith, faith in yourself and faith in what you're destined to become. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because fear... You know, like you said, it can either motivate you or it can paralyze you. You know, what I teach um, the people who I work with in my coaching program, my workshop, is really if they envision themselves in the, the metaphor they use, is the quicksand of adversity. You know, when, you're, when something strikes you, a curveball hits you, life throws you a curveball, the boulder of adversity, the first thing you do is you, you're acting in the reptilian part of your brain. You're in survival mode. You're operating in fear. And you're being defensive, so you wave your hands frantically, you kick your arms frantically, and you really can't breathe. And soon enough, you realize the more frantic and fearful you're acting, you're actually sinking deeper in that quicksand of adversity. And as soon as you pause for a moment and just be still, that you're able to breathe. But oftentimes, people stay stuck in the quicksand of adversity instead of moving forward and allowing it to move forward and propel you and be motivated. And there, like you said, you're just paralyzed in that quicksand. That's right. And what happens is it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy because you start introverting and and it's hard to stop that process. And this, this book will give you the tools to say, wait a minute, you recognize that situation earlier and earlier, and you can revert and change. So, for instance, I talk about the word worry, and I'm a champion worrier. I grew up worrying about oh. <laughs> I found a definition that said to worry is to pray for what you do not want. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge impact on me because it's like now when I find myself, and I still get into those situations where I'm worried about something, and I catch myself, though, and I go, okay, Sharon, you're praying for what you do not want. Let's change my thought process from the outcome I don't want to have happen and reframe my thoughts towards what I do want to have happen. And in doing that, I can change my thought process from negative to positive, and it shifts everything around me. And it's the same thing when you're in that quicksand. Again, what you're talking about, you're flailing, and if you can stop and think about what you want and realize that the frustration, the flailing, the worry, it all is internal. It's getting to you and it's making you internally sick. And it's like stop and realize that you are perfect just the way you are. What you need to do is change the circumstances around you. Right. And I like how you brought up, you know, it's really about redirecting and recognizing our thoughts as, like you said, are you focusing on what you don't want to happen or focus on something you do want to happen? Because when you're dealing with, you know, there's many life challenges, but for one, if we're going to focus on loneliness, you know, being in with yourself alone with your thoughts of, say, you're in solitary confinement, and a lot of those thoughts could be negative. And I believe in the book, Napoleon Hill talks about 
the power that the devil uses is, you know, drifting, you know, allowing you to drift in the negative thoughts and, and worry. So what can we tell our listeners who are alone with their thoughts? How do they avoid drifting? Well, that's one of the most powerful concepts in the book. A drifter is someone who goes with the flow. Um, doesn't really think for themselves. Basically, you know, somebody asks you what you want to do, you say whatever, and so you don't really, you don't have a, a definite purpose in your life. The non-drifters, which he, you know, claims is only two percent of our population, the non-drifters are the ones who have a focus on what they want. They have a definite purpose, and they don't let anything get in their way. They know what they want, and they are driven to succeed in that endeavor. And so we can think of people in our lives that would be considered drifters, you know, people that are drug addicts or alcoholics who just can't seem to get control of their lives. But also it hits a little closer to home when you think about when you know what you're supposed to be doing and you don't do it and you kind of become a couch potato. You know, a lot of times I catch myself and say, oh, I'm kind of sitting in a drifting situation right now. It happens to all of us. But, you know, what happens is that you're, you're most precious resource that you never get back is your time. Time, right. And so drifters use a lot of time. um, They waste it. A non-drifter is very cognizant of how they're using their time and of their environment. A drifter is going to look for an easy, comfortable environment so that they can continue drifting. A non-drifter is looking for an environment that encourages them to grow, that challenges them to grow, and that's how they continue to keep focus on becoming successful. Right. I totally agree with that. But how do we recognize if we're drifting? Like you said, oh, sometimes we could just be um, lazy or procrastinating. Like you said, you're just laying on your couch and you caught yourself, but sometimes we don't you know, question our own thoughts because we have so many thoughts you know, going in our minds throughout the day. How do we know if it's a thought of, okay, this is something that I'm supposed to be doing or I'm getting distracted or I'm being, you know, drifted off my, my path? Like, is, how, how were you able to develop that muscle to recognize, oh, am I drifting? Because like you said, if you're a drifter, you, maybe you're just caught up in that cycle and you really don't know. Well, part of it is continued self-improvement. Um, you know, continue to read um, books that are uplifting and purpose-driven so that it continually keeps your mind focused on what you want to do in the future. So one of the issues in Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill's original work was called auto-suggestion. How are you filling your brain? Typically, a drifter um, is not filling their brain with positive things. It's more of a laziness. So when you find yourself kind of getting off course, the thing about knowing where you want to go is that it's easy to recalibrate and to get back on course. It's human nature to kind of drift at times, but the issue is catching yourself and repurposing and refocus on what you want to come out of life. And the way you catch yourself is to continue to train your brain with positive messaging, with personal development, having a mentor, having a coach, having an accountability partner, having a mastermind. That's what's going to keep you from drifting because you can continue being um, on short-term goals versus long, you know, you'll have your long-term goal, you know, where you want to go, but you're kind of constantly working on short-term benchmarks so that that's going to keep you focused on achieving success. 
when you surround yourself with people who want you to succeed, surround yourself with people who are there to challenge you and give you a hand up to help get you to the next level, that's what's going to help you keep on your own accountability pattern and keep you focused on what you want to achieve. It's very important that you surround yourself with people, a mentor, a team, a mastermind group that want you to succeed. Right. I hope you guys are taking good notes as Sharon just dropped all those nuggets of wisdom. Oh, my gosh. And especially when it comes to the topic of loneliness, the importance and impact that, you know, you said is really surrounding yourself with a network of resources and those that are there to support and help you. You mean not not just be isolated and be alone and feel alone. So we're going to take our break. And when we come back, we're going to continue on with some of Sharon's personal work um, as far as financial literacy. And if you guys want to call in and ask Sharon a question, the number to call in is 888-346-9141. Again, that's 888-346-9141. And we'll be back after these messages. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called Challenges? or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Deetta Jones and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofya.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. 
Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford, and we've been speaking with best-selling author Sharon Lecter. And just before the break, we were talking about the book by Napoleon Hill that she had the privilege of authoring, Outwitting the Devil. And really the purpose of the book was really to recognize the inner voice that we all have that drives us to make our decisions and how we live our life. And one of the key topics in the book, and I suggest you guys get your copy out there and read it. I was able to read it. I, you know, wasn't able to put it down in, in one day. I basically read it in one sitting. Is the concept of drifting, and Sharon shared some of her wisdom on, you know, how can we recognize if we're drifting, and what do we need to do to strengthen that muscle so that we're not procrastinating and drifting, you know, off the beaten path and really get us to our goals. So I wanted to share if we are in this rhythm of, of being, you know, off the beaten path of our goals and our dreams and our purpose, um, how do we break that cycle or, or rhythm? Well, part of it, in the book Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill shares a seven-step process. And part of it is starts with defining what your goal is. What is your definite purpose? What is the mark that you want to leave on the earth? What goal do you want to achieve? And focusing on that. And then also learning how to deal with adversity. You know, some people allowed adversity to stop them and cripple them. You need to turn that into what's the lesson? How can I keep going? And understanding that you need to measure and understand how you're using your time. It's a huge issue. Huge issue. Um, in most people's efforts, that's usually when I find an entrepreneur who's stalled in their business success, um, I, that's the first thing I say is, you know, how are you spending your time? What's going on? You know, where, where can we look at your, the best use of your time to help energize and move yourself forward? Right. And then, of course, controlling your environment. So many times, particularly, um, and when you talk about lonely people, I'm talking about very afraid people, they tend to close themselves down. They insulate, they isolate, and it just makes it worse. And so part of it is making sure you put yourself in an environment that, that energizes and sparks and ignites your entrepreneurial spirit or ignites your ability to find new friends, to open up yourself to new people, to new networks. So that environment is hugely important. And I tell people, you know, imagine yourself walking in to the funeral of a child. Just by saying that, you can feel yourself go uh, down, yeah. right? And conversely, imagine yourself walking into a party where everybody's dancing and laughing. You feel your spirits rise. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just a very you know, overt example of how our environment impacts us. But each and every day, your environment is going to impact your ability to move forward. So if you're extremely lonely and you hide away in your house, you're going to have a hard time breaking that. And so that the, the next step that Napoleon Hill talks about is a hypnotic rhythm. That means what happens is if you get in a pattern of doing something, it becomes, becomes almost automatic. Now, we've all probably heard the term, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's because the rich learn how to do it and they just keep doing just it. Rinse, repeat, the poor keep going. They haven't right. learned it and they can't break out of that. And so hypnotic rhythm can be good or bad. And so we want people that are in a hypnotic rhythm of the drifting, per se, to wake up and start using your time differently, 
start putting yourself in a better environment. You're going to start seeing yourself break that pattern and starting developing new and better and more healthy patterns. Right. And and soon enough, it'll become natural, right? Any habit that we form starts out really small, small steps of repetition, and it develops, like you said, into a rhythm and then to a natural habit. And I and I'll just share a quick story, you know, some of the key points that you talked about. I'll share a story with Dora um, when it comes to time um, before she went through my workshop. You know, she really felt isolated and really didn't know where to start. You know, she was working a minimum wage job, sleeping in somebody else's living room on a cot. And speaking of time, I really had to sit down with her and create boundaries and reprioritize her time and get her focused on her goals but she was just so overwhelmed in her situation she she just felt comforted by just being isolated because she didn't know where to go or how to even start and by showing her how to like you said really sit down know your purpose know your goals um, how to control your time we were able to develop a blueprint for her to implement you know just simple bite-sized practical strategies that some of it you've already shared Sharon that you know still to this day she continues to use and most recently when I spoke to her she's now saving more money she has her own place she's not sleeping on a cot anymore she has a new car and she loves her job so it's really you know, just taking that one step forward to break that habit of, of just like you said, it's you can't just be isolated um, w- with no network because you're going to go down a negative spiral. And sometimes the easiest thing to do is to change your environment. So reach, you know, making yourself, you know, it's hard to get off the sofa, but make yourself just drive to something, to a new group, to a new network and just put yourself, even though you're still lonely and sad and depressed, put yourself in a new environment, and you're going to feel yourself blossoming and opening up as people reach out to you. And sometimes we just we allow ourselves to get paralyzed by that fear and loneliness. So um, I, I highly recommend that's the easiest way to do it is to change your environment. Look for some help. Look for a mentor. Look for somebody who's trained in helping you get out of where you are. Right. And that's really something that we can control because we can't necessarily control the adversities that happen to us. But like you said, we can change the environment that we're in. So that's that is a good um, starting point, Sharon. So let's switch gears here, Sharon, with all the you know, you're such a big advocate on financial literacy. How can the tools of, you know, being financially literate or being empowered with financial literacy, how can that help us when we're in a state, we're dealing with the life challenges such as loneliness? I mean, how can that empower us, you know, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually? Well, at the end of the day, every one of us, we're either a master of our money or we're a slave to our money. And it doesn't take long to figure out which one you are. And so if you can develop the skills and the tools to be a master of your money, it it really sets you up for so much control over every aspect of your life. But if you're afraid, you know, like your friend, if she had to sleep on a sofa, on a cot in a living room, more than likely that was a financially induced reason. 
And so we have to, women in particular, tend to give up the power over money to the man in their life. And it's something that I'm shouting from the mountaintops, particularly as women. We need to understand where we are financially. And a lot of people want to put their head in the sand. And part of that empowerment step, the first step, is just figuring out where you are. Even if the answer is not too great, at least you know where you are. Where you stand Um, to start. Right. That makes my dad, sense. you know, my dad used to tell me a map doesn't do you any good if you don't know where you, you don't are know where to start. And, where you want to go. <laughs> right. and most people do not know where they are financially, and so that's the first step. Just take the time to analyze your where you are financially, where your money's been going, and just by taking that time, you're going to feel more in control of your financial life. And why do you think that is? Why do you think people have a hard time wanting to figure out? Is it fear? Like they're you know, afraid of realizing the truth of where they stand financially? Yeah, I think if you go back to it when you were a child, what did your parents say about money? Money doesn't grow on trees. Um, we can't afford it. Who do you think we are, the Rockefellers? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We need to penny pinch. All of those comments are fear-based. They're all negative comments about money. So as a child, we start getting all these negative imprints. And so as we grow up, we're afraid we're never going to have enough. When we become successful and we have money, we're afraid we're going to lose it. And all of those things imprint this emotional response to money. And so we have to start changing that thought thought process. And maybe just by realizing that, yes, indeed, that's how my parents talk to me about money, that actually helps empower you right away. Yeah, because just immediately. We, we, mm-hmm. Most people think that that fear base creates a thought process of a world of scarcity versus a world of abundance. Mm-hmm. And when you can turn your thought process from away from there's never enough to what do I want and how can I go get it, the whole world shifts. Wow, very, very insightful. So if somebody's dealing with a life challenge such as loneliness, I mean, you're already... You know, like you said, you're isolated, you're afraid, and the first thing to do, like your father recommended, if you're reading a map, you first got to know, you know, okay, where are you at? So, you know, if you're going to go north, east, south, west, or what, where, where to begin, what would be something easy to implement to, to take one step to cross the line of fear? Like, what's something that they can do just to get an assessment of, okay, where am I at financially, and how is this going to empower me in my situation? Because we all know if you're already overwhelmed with something, and if you add the stress of finances like Dora was facing, it just feels like a big mountain is crushing over you. Well, my first recommendation is you find a, a personal financial planner in your area and you make an appointment and you go meet them. Typically, they will meet with you. Um, you, you should be able to find one that will meet with you, um, you know, to give you an initial consultation. But if you don't have the ability to even get to that point to do a face-to-face, there are lots of online tools that will help you um, input your financials and help you come up with what, really a plan as to where you are and where you need to go. Um, again, that keeps you lonely and by yourself. So I would highly recommend you reach out to get assistance from somebody that is qualified in the field that knows how to support you and move you in the right direction. 
And the other thing is to just, you know, start going to, to networking groups in your neighborhood. They're used to having new people show up, so they want you to show up. And then by doing that, you're going to meet people, and you might actually find a debt counselor that is somebody that can help you get yourself on the right path to get out of debt. And, you know, there's, when you're looking for debt counselors, look for ones that are nonprofits that, uh, that are really dedicated to helping you. Or if they're a for-profit, make sure you understand all their terms and conditions mm-hmm. so that they truly do have your best interest in mind. Ask for references, referrals. And, uh, and don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, many people are so afraid that they, you know, they, that fear of criticism we talked about earlier yeah, comes right. to play. I'm, I don't want to admit that I don't know something. Well, you know what? It's time you do. If you need help, ask for it. And you're not, nobody's going to think lesser of you because you're going to be taking your own life in control. You're going to be standing in your own power, and it's going to feel great. Right. Okay, so let's go ahead and take our break. And when we come back, I want Sharon to share what she calls, you know, she boldly calls out creating one big life. You know, what does that look like and what do you guys need to do to outwit the devil, you know, no matter what you're going through, whatever obstacle life, you know, has thrown in your current path. And now that we have a little glimpse of what the book is about, of outwitting devil and listening to our inner thoughts and being able to shift our thoughts in a more positive direction and knowing our goals and managing our time. After the break, I want her to share how, you know, what are some things that we can do to create that one big life for us? So after these messages. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. 
Welcome back. We're here with Sharon Lecter, best-selling author of Outwitting the Devil. And before the break, we talked about some of the obstacles that prevent us from overcoming in adversity. And in this book, some of the principles that Sharon shared were being able to define our purpose, you know, learning from our adversities, controlling our environmental influence, managing our time. And the power of fear, how fear can either paralyze or motivate us. And Sharon has a very bold statement that I'd like for her to share on how we can do this to our You're Not Alone listeners. You know, how do we start and create what you call, Sharon, one big life? What does that look like when we're creating that? Well, one of the biggest issues that I see, particularly for women out there, is, you know, we have this term out there called work-life balance. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think it is an unachievable goal. I believe it was created by a bunch of old old guys that are psychiatrists wanting to make sure they have a steady stream of patients. Because work-life balance, you know, it, it implies that you're two separate entities, and we're not. We're one individual. And in, in addition to our work, we have our financial life, we have our spiritual life, we have our family life, we have our physical life. And so we are the, the total component of all of those things. And what happens, and we go back to that precious thing, time, is we have this like unattainable goal of work-life balance that we don't really know how to achieve it, and so we never feel like we achieve it, which causes stress, worry, and shame. Mm-hmm. Well, that is precious time today that you're feeling guilty or shameful about something that happened in the past. And so I say every morning, wake up and say, you know, I didn't spend enough time with my kids yesterday, so I'm going to make a different decision today and let it go. Know that you are in control of your life. You have one big life, and you have the ability to focus on anything you want to, and that you are who you are because of all those components. So you're perfect just the way you are. You may have spent a little less time than you should have yesterday on something, so make up for it today and stop feeling like you want to attain this thing called work-life balance because except in your fourth step where you're rebalancing yourself, um, you know, when you're talking about the word balance, it means you're not moving. Equilibrium, right. Right. Yeah, so so the word balance, I, it only belongs in a yoga studio from my <laughs> perspective, and a balance beam. You know, balance is something, we are always moving, we're multitasking, we have multifacets in our life, and we're working, you know, we're trying to keep all of us, like having different plates spinning on a stage, and we have, we have to accept the fact that we're going to be excellent in one one day and maybe not so much in the other, but, you know, we can re- refocus our efforts and keep everything moving correctly so that we live one big life. Wow, I love it. Like he said, one big life, we're not, you know, just one dimensional being or person, but we're multifaceted and we have so many roles and responsibilities. Let's speak to our women out there, you know, with all of our roles and responsibilities. And I know you guys have multiple roles and responsibilities too, but let us address our ladies here first. You know, when it comes to creating one big life, how do we, this quote also, how do we quote unquote be, do, and have it all? Well, the first thing is understand that you already do. You know, you may not be as successful as you want, but you already have one big life. The issue is, are you having the one big life you want or not? And 
ask yourself, how much time am I focusing on yesterday and feeling bad or guilty about yesterday? And realize that that's wasted time and effort. Mm-hmm. And so involve, if you particularly, if you have children and you, have, and you feel like you're, you're having a, a problem between being a mom and being a working person, um, talk to your kids about what you do. Let them be proud of what you do and allow them to feel part of you, uh, you know, a part of your success. And just by opening that dialogue, all of a sudden you're going to start seeing your life blend. You know, a lot of times I'll ask children, well, what does your mommy do? I don't know. <laughs> and so they're right. keeping this right. like silo. Um, they're treating their life as different silos. And you know the the truth is, you're one person. You're one, one person, silo, right. and you've got lots of different things going on. And particularly for women entrepreneurs, what a fabulous opportunity to include your children in what you do for business and let them see it. Let them start learning about economics and the world of entrepreneurship at an early age. What tremendous value you're going to be giving them. You know, child financial education is the gift of a lifetime, and so the sooner your children can see and learn how to make money on the on their own, it'll never look back. Right, right. And also not just making money, but learning how to, like in your book, you know, save wisely and spend happily. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up when you said opening up the dialogue with your kids or whether it's your spouse or significant other, but really managing their expectations on the current tasks that you're, you know, working at. Because, you know, in my opinion, because I've gone down this road of trying to quote-unquote be, do, and have it all and compromising and overcompensating and learning from multiple areas of where life itself is trying to teach me in regards to, you know, my health, uh, relationships, or being fulfilled in my career that, you know what, there there is a better way instead of trying to do everything and be everything to everybody all at the same time. Um, you know, just a quick example, many women who are getting drained or overwhelmed and stressed, you know, when you're focused on work, you're at work, but, you know, physically at work, but you're mentally and emotionally, you're thinking about the kids. And when you're supposed to be focused on the kids at home or your spouse, you're focused on your work. So that shows you, um, you know, a symptom of something's out of alignment. Like you said, where one you know, it's one big life and we're one big component and we need to make the necessary adjustments and alignments. That's right. And you're allowing prior issues to haunt you today. I, you know, I use the, the um, example, the metaphor of you're in a car, you're the CEO of your own life. You're the one with the steering wheel, your foot's on your accelerator. You have a large windshield in front of you because you can choose to do or go anywhere you want to. It's up to you. You are the one making the decisions. You are in control of your life. The rearview mirror, however, is very small. It's small, yeah. Because we're only, yeah. we're only supposed to learn from the past. We're supposed to learn the lesson and then let go. And again, refocus your eyes and on the future, hands on the steering wheel and foot on the accelerator so that you can have the greatest day today and plan for the greatest days in the future. Right, right. And when it's, speaking of plans, really, I, I take an approach that the definition of happiness and success really come from um, an equation as opposed to a formula that has set variables because, you know, you know, you could be at different stages and phases and seasons in your life and what could be important to you today or a part of your life may or not be a priority, you know, 
three years from now or maybe three years ago, your definition of success and happiness looked a little different. So it is important to recognize, like you said, Sharon, you're in the driver's seat and you're in control and you have to exercise the power to make that decision on where you want to drive. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, my definition of of success um, and happiness is how you feel about yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror. And it has nothing to do with your physical reflection. How do you feel about the person you are and the contributions that you're making? And if you're happy with yourself, then you are successful. Um, You know, it's always nice to have extra zeros in your bank account. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of very, very rich people out there that are money successful but are very unhappy and and definitely feel unsuccessful in life. So the issue is if you're striving for happiness, understand that your happiness doesn't necessarily come through your wallet. Right, right. Well, let's talk about the outlook, like you said, of having that perception or healthy relationship with money because, you know, maybe you grew up in an environment, you know, like you said, if you grew up around a family that always implanted those thoughts in you of, well, money doesn't grow on trees or we can't afford that. How do you retrain your thoughts and your brain um, to have a healthier outlook and a healthier relationship, really, with money to empower you? Well, great question. Part of it is reframing the question in your mind. Um, all of us, we look at something, we're at the store, we see something we want, and we go we go fall back into that immediately, I can't afford it. And catch yourself and say, wait a minute, instead of I can't afford it, I want to change, because I can't afford it is a negative statement. It closes your mind. You kind of like wither. Instead, say, ask yourself the question, how can I afford it? Just feeling the difference between those two questions. I can't afford it. How can I afford it? So how can I afford it? Using the, the element of the power of the question opens your mind to be creative. You want to problem solve. You want to think of ways that you can create more income to buy what you want. And so instead of living below your means, it allows you to think of ways to expand your means to live the life you want. And so, again, it's the power of your thoughts and the power of your words. That's the beginning of any significant change. Wow, power of thoughts and the power of your words. I hope you guys are taking notes. So, okay, power of thoughts and the power of words. And really, our, our brains really work like a computer. You know, Sharon, you said, we'll just switch the the question of, you know, well, I can't afford that to how can I afford it? And your brain goes into this computation mode like a computer, and it's looking for solutions and answers to resolve the the problem. That's what it really it's it's really doing, right? Like you said, you're being creative with a solution. Exactly. And, you know, even when you talk about other words that you use, you know, um, I'll try. Now, what does that mean? That means I probably won't. I'm just trying to get rid of you. I'll try. No, I will. So one, one is kind of a, a we'll see, and the other one is I will. It makes a commitment for you mm-hmm. so that you will mm-hmm. do something. And then, you know, we talk about the power of words. Think about things that you say and do. Um, what, what, what impact are you creating in your own life by the power of what you say to yourself and to others? 
wow, you could you could really breathe, you know, breathe life into somebody or, you know, kill somebody with your words and be really harmful. That's right. Wow. So let's see. Okay, power of thoughts and power of words. I think I'm getting a question from a caller. But what we're going to do is take a break right now. And again, the number to ask Sharon a question is 888-346-9141. Or you can email me at aprilj.ford at joysofyah.com. And we'll be back after these messages. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is aprilj.ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford, and we are here today with Sharon Lecter. Just before the break, she shared with us, you know, how can we have a healthy relationship with money and really be empowered and one of the techniques and practical tools that you guys can do is really change your thought process and the type of questions that go on in your inner voice of you know the example that she used if you're somewhere trying you want to purchase something the automatic default question or thought that comes to mind is well you know can I you know should I really do this or can I afford this I can't afford this is really change the question and thoughts to how can I afford it and that's the power of your thoughts and the power of your words and it can impact the decisions and actions that you make so we have a question from a caller and it's coming through online the question is from the previous segment Sharon what did you mean when you commented women bury their heads in sand 
and give the power to men as regards to their finances. What did you mean by that? Well, typically, certainly I know my mother did and dear friends of mine, um, when they may be professional in their own right, then they end up getting married all excited, and then the husband takes over the finances. And so they really, many of my friends today still don't understand what they have financially. They know they've got enough money to write their checks and do what they want, but they don't really know where they are from a balance sheet perspective. Um, overall in their financial world. And so it's very important for women to understand where you are financially. If you're married, yes, do it together. Have a conversation together. Understand what your financial goals are. Um, Many women just sign their tax return. It gets presented to them. They sign it without understanding what's in it. So I ask everyone on the line, when you sign your, do you understand the stuff that's in your tax return? Do you understand the assets that you have, that you are, you know, that are, that you own? And you know, the trick to building wealth is building assets and understanding what you have. And so women, typically what happens is, you know, the, the good news is women tend to outlive their husbands seven years. The bad news is we tend to outlive them seven years, and if we don't know where we are financially, then we become prey to people trying to get at us, and we need help, and we are at risk of not managing our money properly because we don't know what we have. Right. Well, do you think it's because they're overwhelmed with it just being so complicated? Like you said, you just signed the tax return, but some of the forms that you're looking at could be a 30-page document. You really need an attorney or a CPA to decode all the terms and paragraphs, could you, I mean, could that be a reason why it's just so complicated? How can they equip themselves with just some basic level understanding? Well, it's so much less complicated taking the time to get yourself educated about what you have and what you own than what happens to you if you have no clue and you end up, you know, heaven forbid, in, this, in a divorce situation or your your spouse passes away. Yeah, yeah, like my case, you know, becoming a widow at 32 and I, I was left to, you know, do all the estate documents that we never finished up and I had debt to pay and being the sole provider of two young kids. So I, I could imagine, you know, others who are going through this like you said initially it's your husband or your mate your partner that's doing all the finances and luckily in my situation I at least knew where the starting point is because we shared the responsibilities of you know certain periods of time my late husband would do the you know financial bills and and savings and investments but we would still have that dialogue of what was going on and then we'd share roles where it was my turn to take over the the bills and finances. But I can imagine if you have no clue and you're starting from ground zero and all of a sudden you're going through a death or a divorce and all of a sudden you've got to learn all these things in addition to the grieving that you're trying to overcome. Exactly. And that's, you know, it's such a, it's, it's a, it's a dangerous place to be in um, because you are, you don't know where you are. So you're already in a position of grief Something dramatic has happened in your life, and so you're 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 grief stricken. You're emotion highly emotion, and if you don't know where you are, you when your high emotions are high, your intelligence seems to be lower, and so it's so yeah, important right. that one of us knows where we are financially. 
And so I, you know, I really, I'm glad I triggered a question about that because, you know, we typically women, you know, in particularly women, there are some men who do this, but they just, they, they, what, what I don't know won't hurt me. And it's like, yes, it will. Yes, it will. (laughs) Pay attention to what you have financially. And if your husband is the main income earner or if your husband is in control of finances, you still have every right to figure out where you are financially. And it's not that difficult. If you have someone who does your tax return, you sit down with them and say, okay, I'd like for you to walk me through this and let, let me understand where all the numbers come from. They'll do that. The biggest issue is women don't take the first question to ask. So right. don't be afraid to ask for help. Right. Okay, that's, that's a very good tip. So hopefully that answered your question to a caller out there. So in two minutes, Sharon, in closing the last two minutes, tell us two things. What are you working on next? And the second part is, you know, how can our listeners get a hold of you to keep up with your work or to contact you? Well, I um, thank you very much, April. I'm delighted to be with you today, and I want to applaud you for what you're doing for your listeners as well through your coaching and through this radio program. Um, I'm currently working on several new books and several initiatives. I have an incredible program that I've just been so thrilled with that you, April, participated in, Dedicated Entrepreneur Program. Which Yay, kind of I'm like, so honored. <laughs> it was a wonderful, just so, it turned out, so much better than I even had hoped. I'm just so thrilled with the people that are in it. And as we continue working together over a 90-day period, and um, then I'm also in September, I'm hosting a, a book and media event, September 19th and 20th. You can find it as at speakserveandsell.com. And then um, another, we're going to have another one of the dedicated entrepreneur that you participated in in October, the 23rd to the 25th. So I'm very excited about those new programs. Um, it's a real opportunity for me to work hands-on with individuals, and I just I love every minute of it. So, And you can find me at SharonLector.com. I also have a podcast called Your Money, Your Business, Your Life, and you can find that through iTunes or through SharonLectorPodcast.com. All righty, everyone. I'm April J. Ford. It's been a delight to have Sharon Lecter on Voice America, and you're not alone today. And I share my story on this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory, so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face, but would be able to take the fruit of my adversity and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can illuminate theirs and let others know you are not alone. Make sure you go to feeljoyagain.com to receive your weekly words of joy. Again, that's feeljoy.com. Know that there's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week.